From CITI Program, I'm Darren Gaddis, and this is On Campus. Today, how does student privacy impact higher education? What laws and regulations are applicable in the U.S.? And how can we protect student privacy? I spoke with Jim Siegel and Shay Swagger from the Future Privacy Forum on student privacy. As a reminder, this podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not intended to provide legal advice or guidance. You should consult with your organization's attorneys if you have questions or concerns about relevant laws and regulations in this podcast. Additionally, the views expressed in this podcast are solely those of the presenter. Thank you for joining me today, Jim and Shay, to talk about student privacy and specifically student privacy at higher education institutions. Student privacy is a complex issue which impacts students at K-12 institutions and higher education institutions. At a high level, what is the foundational principle of student privacy? Thanks for that. Um, I think it's good to unpack this in two ways. One, thinking about what are some of the foundational principles of privacy generally, and then how do we think about that specifically for, for student privacy? So I think many of the basics for thinking about student privacy derive from some of our basic privacy principles like the fair information practice principles of transparency and choice and access and protection and accountability. We see um, these resonate in the in compliance in the student privacy laws. But also when I when I talk about about student privacy, I think about privacy as control over one's data. And I think for many academics and for many students, that really resonates in terms of student agency and the ability to control access and use and sharing of one's academic data. Yeah, I'll jump in on that as well. I agree, first of all, with everything Jim said. Um, I would add that when students enter any education setting, they're part of a system with a significant power differential where they have less power and the system has a lot. And so I see privacy and agency as ways for students to not only have more say in what their records have and and who gets to see them, but I think it can reduce the amount of harm and abuse that is potential when we start collecting student data. It doesn't erase those harms or that potential but I, I do think it helps ground some of the practices in ways that if, if we're centering agency and we're centering privacy, we're gonna protect students better. Thinking more about the role that administrators, faculty, or even staff members play at an institution, what laws or regulatory guidance is available in the US to help them navigate student privacy issues? So in the US, there are several laws that apply to student privacy, both at the federal level and at the state level. And before we dig into that, let's let's put this in, in context. When we talk about laws, we're talking about compliance. So we're really talking about the floor, the, the minimum level of compliance, rather than a goal or an aspirational level that a, an organization like a university should, should aspire to. But at the federal level, the primary law and regulation is FERPA, the Family Educational Rights and Privacy Act. Um, that was passed in, in 1974. It's been updated a number of times. 
And it really harkens back to some of the fair information practices that we, that we talked about earlier. It's, it is primarily a law that applies to schools that receive money from the Department of Education, and it governs students, eligible students' access to their education record, their rights to correct it, and their rights to consent to any disclosure that is outside of one of a, a number of, of uh, ex, uh, exemptions that are in, in FERPA. There are also a number of other state laws and, and federal laws that apply um, for sharing data at the university level. I'll add that trying to be compliant is confusing. If you're working in education, unless you have a background in this, it is going to be difficult to try to figure out what kind of compliance means for your specific location. Uh, I'll also say that um, I very much agree that compliance is the floor. It's, it's a necessary but ultimately insufficient condition for really good privacy. So um, it's, it's the bare minimum, and I think we can do better, but it, even just the bare minimum can be difficult because it's a, compl com uh, a, compl it's a complex issue. Diving deeper into that, in the higher education setting, what are some specific concerns for student privacy? I think one of the biggest ones, when you think about colleges and universities, colleges and universities are essentially mini cities. Um, they have massive amounts of data on their students, on their faculty, on their staff, on their visitors. Um, we don't talk about this enough. Most mo modern college campuses are these systems that collect massive amounts of data, primarily for the purposes of, of delivering services. Um, and not only are students increasingly using educational technologies that depend on data collection, often by third-party vendors, but the infrastructure of campuses is full of other systems that collect data from building entry, from location data um, in stadiums, from Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. Um, they're providers of healthcare, of transportation, of food through meal plans, for financial transactions through student aid. All of this is, is data collection, and that forms the picture of some of the, of the benefits um, of using data, but also with those benefits comes the risks that are associated um, with student privacy and data collection. I'd say the ones that keep me up, night, uh, up at night is generally two categories. One is related to academic integrity. So there are automated decision-making systems or software that can uh, try to help an institution maintain academic integrity. Uh, remote test proctoring is a, is a common one that I think uh, people have done a really good job of, of showing some of the problems um, in terms of equity. I'd say another category is around prediction. So anytime we're, we're collecting data about current or future students or even alumni, and we're trying to make predictions about their kind of behavior or performance, we can run into some problems. So there are a lot of learning analytics systems on market right now that are trying to help universities either recruit students or figure out how to admit them or how do we make sure that they graduate or how do we advise them. And when they work as intended, they're great. They can do really cool, helpful things for an institution and for students. The issues uh, that can come up is if we're not really careful and very intentional from the get-go, uh, they can end up perpetuating racism and sexism and ableism and a lot of other things that we don't want in our technology. 
and I haven't seen yet uh, the industry fully respond to some of the equity concerns from predictive student data-driven systems. One thing that I would also add is when we think about privacy concerns, these often come about when there is a mismatch between how privacy works in practice and what people's expectations are about privacy. And I think two good examples in higher education is that it might surprise many people that higher education collects data about students long before they show up at the university. So they collect data before someone is a student, as, as a prospect, as an applicant, and then long after they leave as an alumni. In both of these cases, there's often less protection for their data than it would be when they are enrolled as a student. Um, we talked about, about FERPA. FERPA does not actually apply until the student has been accepted, and it, and it would not apply if the student wasn't accepted, and it doesn't apply for data collected about alumni. And I think um, another example has been with the pandemic. A lot of people are familiar with health information and, and HIPAA, the, health, the big health law. And in most cases in a university um, where they might be uh, having a, a hospital or a, or a health center, that law does not apply. It actually is FERPA, the student record law that applies. So that case where people's expectations about privacy and how it's actually applied through the, the compliance laws can really be uh, an area for concern. Knowing now how complex student privacy truly can be, where can individuals go to learn more about how to protect students and their privacy? I think there are a, a, several good places that students can go to understand their, their privacy rights. First is starting at the college. And while many universities are starting to have an evolving role, the role of a chief privacy officer, um, there, there is typically someplace on the university website where there is privacy information about the college, what kind of information is collected, what are the policies. Often you'll see this in something like um, a acceptable use policy or a, a, a FERPA notice, some kind of formal notice. Um, this is really important for students exercising their rights like their what's called directory information. What information can the school release about them um, unless they opt out? So exercising a, a college student's right to opt out of directory information is a, is a really good example. Um, thinking about things like what are the, uh, the school's policies around um, display of and sharing of preferred names. Those are two really good examples thinking about, about locally. Thinking more broadly than that, uh, the U.S. Department of Education maintains a number of excellent resources um, at their uh, studentprivacy.ed.gov. And these cover everything from basic information about FERPA, the interaction of HIPAA health information and FERPA, and a number of really good examples both for students and for, for college administrators. And on our own site, studentprivacycompass.org, we maintain uh, several youth, useful briefs, policy briefs and frequently asked questions for student privacy. Also throw a shout out to librarians. As a former librarian myself, I know that as a profession, uh, librarians are very invested in privacy. And so if you're part of a university or even a K-12 environment, you likely have a librarian that can understand and explain to you what the local privacy context is. 
they're not going to be able to give you legal advice, but they are going to be a great resource for you in the local context. What else do we need to know? I think from a student's perspective, and I also think we haven't we haven't touched on on faculty, but I think that's an, also a very important constituency when you think about about data collection, because you have all of the information that could be collected from a student context, but also you essentially have um, employer information, and that the topic of um, student monitoring is is one example, but also employee mon monitoring is another. So I think. At, being inquisitive, asking what kind of information is the institution collecting, um, and thinking about different scenarios. What information is being collected when I am using my learning management system, or when I am using the, the library Wi-Fi, or when I'm badging into a building? How is that information being tracked? Where is that information being shared? How is that information being used? And how is that information being protected? And ultimately, how does the organization get rid of that when it no longer is needed? One of the biggest things that we see in data breaches, unsurprisingly, is that institutions often do not delete information that has a short-term purpose. Um, so you end up with uh, data being breached that has long since passed its, uh, its expiration date. I think I would add that students are often maligned as not caring about privacy, and that's absolutely not true. Uh, students may have different perspectives on privacy than uh, people may expect, but I, I think that there's several studies that have shown that students at almost every age have nuanced and, and important takes on what their data is and what should happen to it. And so I would absolutely encourage anyone that's working in the space to consider engaging with students around uh, privacy concerns or around uh, proposals to change any kind of privacy systems, but always just making sure that you are including the student perspective and student voice in these conversations as much as possible as something that's always going to be beneficial to that conversation. Jim and Shay, thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Be sure to follow, like, and subscribe to On Campus with the CITI program to stay in the know. I also invite you to review our content offerings regularly as we are continually adding new courses and webinars that may be of interest to you. All of our content is available to you anytime through organizational and individual subscriptions. You may also be interested in CITI program's Family Educational Rights and Privacy Act course. Please visit the CITI program's website to learn more about all of our offerings.